Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. Tom, are you feeling the heat? I know who's feeling the heat. Brittany Anderson's feeling the heat. Oh my God! This is Pack Your Knives. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Haberstroh. Tom, 13 contestants. Interesting challenge. Both this sort of away game dessert. Chefs hate cooking dessert. And then we have the African diaspora as the inspiration for the Elimination Challenge. Great food tour around Portland. I am increasingly having fun on this show. I love the the interstitial uh, let's go eating food part of the show now. You know, it used to be, eh, just get me to the competition, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. No, but I, I'm kind of increasingly loving this. So, uh, Tom, I mean, what are your early impressions? Um, 13 chef testants. What were you picking up early I'm on? Picking up that I just traded Kobe Bryant for Vlada Divac. That's what I just did. Last week... We were deliberating and haggling over a trade. I send over Don and Kiki in exchange for Maria and Brittany, the rights to Maria and Brittany. And it was an awful trade one week into that trade. So um, I'm not feeling great about that, Kevin. And I like the other contestants that I have on my team. I think Gabe and Gabriel, um, I think Gabe himself is right there uh, in that tier just below Shota. Shota is just he's on he's on another level. Uh, even though he didn't win this one, I just really think that he's separated himself from the pack. Um, it just was a an episode that I think was marked by Brittany's complete unraveling on this episode. A two-time James Beard Award semifinalist who just seemed to completely lose herself um and we see this time from time in top chef but i can't remember a time where someone came into the competition with uh maybe i'm just being a credentialist here but it really did feel like she didn't seem to know who she was as a chef despite all the awards and the restaurants that she's opened um i think she just one of those examples that tyler anderson mentioned that you can be an amazing chef but it might take someone uh, with a different kind of DNA or a different kind of disposition to be successful on this show. Yeah, I have sort of a slightly different interpretation, which is I think she knows who she is as a chef. Um, it's just not right now what the competition is looking for. And, and so I, I think that that's sort of my thing. I mean, I was sort of taken aback by like, oh, I don't know who I am as a chef. It's like, you've got like four restaurants. They're all good, <laughs> apparently. Like, you've got two awards. Like, don't tell anyone you don't know who you are as a chef. I think you know, you mentioned Tyler. I think sometimes the show demands you be a certain thing, and that's okay. Like, that's the contest, right? Conform to this. Oh, you don't cook with these flavors? Tough. You don't like cooking dessert? Tough. You're less of a technical chef? Tough. And, I mean, that's what I think makes the show interesting. But, uh, you know, it was also, and we'll get to the, um, we'll, we'll get to her, her elimination challenge, but um, and it's sort of her one bad decision, I think, that, that, that cost her but um early on we have the the kind of and i don't want to say you know it's funny no one complained about the dessert challenge usually that's always you know inevitably i think every single time every season there's a dessert challenge and it cuts to 
you know, the interview saying, I don't really cook dessert in my restaurant, you know, like, and and I'm not a pastry chef, but no one did that this time, but it it was kind of a fun one. I I like layers, layer desserts. There were some more layery than others. Yeah, it was Um, very, there was a lot of latitude in that definition of three layers, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and Brittany actually committed one of the great crimes. This is what chef. I'm saying, man. Yeah. Like she just – it wasn't just the elimination challenge. This oh, this entire episode, she was stepping on rakes like she was Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons. Right. Like you never you – never, you have to make your own pasta. You have to make your own cookies. You have to make your own pie crust. You have to make you know, your own noodles. Right. It's just kind of a staple of the show is there's no easier way to to kind of ruin your stead with the judges than getting store bought stuff. (laughs) Was that did you make this cookie, Brittany? Uh, no, it's like Pepperidge Farms made it. <laughs> like, shout out to Norwalk, Connecticut. Yeah. Mrs. Fields made. Oh, is is that is that a is that a um is that a Connecticut product? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Pepperidge Farm cookies and those little white sacks. Oh, and Milano's. That yeah. is, I mean, I'm actually a Brussels guy. I always found the Milano's a little too pastry-ish. Like the ratio of chocolate filling to pastry, the Brussels to me has always been kind of the underrated. Also, I'm a chess man guy. Mm, mm. Well, you know, I, I like the basic short. Well, I, I, but that's a great product. Yeah, I like Milano. They came out with like a mint Milano a few few years yes. ago, and I'm just a sucker for that. And I'm also a sucker for anything peanut butter and chocolate, which means Avishar had the key to my heart with these Buckeyes that he made in this one. Yeah, no, it's really great. Like, So a Buckeye is basically just a peanut butter ball dipped in chocolate but he does it brilliantly because what he does is he takes advantage of his whole molecular gastronomy thing so he just makes you you know what he does is he makes the pb a gelato and then he gives it this crunchy layer in between and then like it's dipped in sort of this it's almost magic shell it looked like which i you know magic shells is a great thing so he was able to sort of take this very state fair kind of dessert just very basic he gives it three completely unusual textures and i'm excited i i'm I'm good it's fun to see he was so emotional when he won this um when he won this quick fire it was endearing i'm I'm a huge fan of abishar i mean i I don't know it's going to be interesting to see i mean what do you think his prospects are long term but all of a sudden he sort of is right mm-hmm. the ship time. and i was a little nervous i gotta admit when padma was chewing on it uh did you have that moment of like oh shit he just basically gave him glass right like it was just really cold i mean i expected the comment to be yeah unfortunately the center was rock solid i could bury by yeah he gave me a jawbreaker was- jesus Avishar. Yeah. right like that didn't happen and i and i it was a big surprise that padma actually really liked it um I, I, man, you, t- you give me any sort of peanut butter, uh, chocolate, anything. I think I had a half baked peanut butter, chocolate, half pint last night. And I didn't even, I just blacked out. I didn't even remember eating it. It was so good from Ben and Jerry's. Um, all right. So but here's, here's some peanut butter next time you're over. So when I was, I had this, um, surgery over the, over October, this, um, sleep apnea, like tonsillitis or not something tonsillectomy, the whole deal, right? Like just, I could not eat solid foods for 14 days. So I just decided to go on a huge jello pudding parfait kick. So like every night in our house, I made a different variation of the jello parfait. And so do you know the chain friendly that you see on? Are you kidding me? So Tom. I mastered oh, you just opened the up. friendlies 
the friendly's <laughs> peanut the friendly's peanut sauce Kevin inject it into my veins inject it into my veins the friendly's peanut butter sauce is legendary I made it from scratch I got the um I went to Eric we, we went to the like the Walmart supermarket with like and I got this big thing of corn syrup and I made it from scratch it was the best thing in our house made last year. And I made some good food last year. But the peanut butter sauce from Friendly's, it is online. You can find the recipe. You can make it. And it you put that with some chocolate pudding. And I'm going to serve you. You know what? You got to oh come God. back. Also a New Angeles. England favorite, I, Friendly's, by the way. So we've got Pepperidge Farm and Friendly's. Shout out to Friendly's. I used to, when I was in, in a kid, we would always like after a, a big game or something, like we would go to Friendly's, sit down, and I would get the peanut butter cup Sunday. And that syrup, like I can taste it right. I'm salivating right now as you're describing it because it's it's so good. And the idea of doing a homemade version scares me because what you it's like meeting it. your 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 heroes. You never want to meet your heroes because if you try uh, to do it yourself, you're, it's never going to meet meet expectations. What you're telling me is that you and Eric have perfected the Friendly's a homemade version of the the Friendly's uh, peanut butter sauce. Oh, no. Eric ain't done shit. He didn't. He didn't own a spatula when I met him. <laughs> he ate it. <laughs> I did, he taste tested, but yeah. um, he loved it. And he's actually like you, a peanut butter like dessert oh. guy, and and so anyway. But uh, yeah, so I was sure with the Buck guy. Um, Byron had a nice showing. I, I think the trick to this particular quick fire is you either have to play with kind of the sour tart element, or you got to really play with texture. You got to do one of those two things to impress the judges. Um, and and Byron kind of took the the sour tart, the goat cheese ice cream. I always love that sort of sourish gelato, sourish ice cream kind of thing, um, or, or even savory ice cream. He does the fig date jam, a brioche, walnuts. Like he's got it going on. I mean, you know, Byron's kind of been in the weeds. Um, he's neither impressed, no bricked anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of he's hanging he's hanging around. And uh, but it was nice to see him. And then Sarah, uh, self deprecating Sarah, couldn't believe it, but her cream puff. Does the anti-Britney, right, like decides I'm going to make pastry in 45 yeah. minutes. I'm going to dust it with matcha. I'm going to grill my strawberries. Sarah is a very good chef, Tom Hanna. Yes, and I, I think she also doesn't suffer from uh, katsuji-itis, I would say, is what Maria had, which is just too much going on. That plate that Maria put out, probably tasty, probably really good. But in terms of the, the competition of like make a three-layer dessert, it seemed like she just – put way too much too much going on there but sarah um also just seems like the aw shucksism is just working to her favor because I, I feel like the judges if they did like a blind taste test they'd be like whoever made this was conceived of this dish and is super confident and just has everything together and then she's just like what i can't believe it i i didn't even know if that was any good and then it's like wait you did that like Sarah is so – I love watching her compete in this because whatever kind of in her own head or just not really sure of what she's doing, the plate itself looks completely opposite of that. And those cream puffs, man, with the matcha dust, man, out of this world. Yeah, I mean I think – so uh, both Maria and Kiki kind of suffered from the same consequence, which is I think Maria probably is fine if the arroz – if the rice froze. You know, and it didn't freeze, so now she's got to kind of slop it together. And same thing with Kiki, right? Like if her whipped cream is cold, 
uh, and w- there was time to get it cold. She's probably fine. I imagine uh, Kiki's peach cobbler is, is Yeah, but the, the crust they said so, was unpalatable. Well, right, but she had to kind of go to the crust last minute because she needed a third layer. And she was like, oh, oh shit, right? Like That was kind of her oh shit mm-hmm. moment. And um, so it is great. Like I mean, therein lies sort of the real challenge of, of cooking or baking rather, which is it's a chemistry experiment. You can't, when you're doing cold, you can't fake it. You're doing hot. You can just blaze something into. I mean, you can heat something in a skillet in a pan in like thirty seconds, but you cannot freeze something quickly. And so, when you you need cold and it doesn't come, and you've got a whipped cream, it you're just going to be left with nothing. And so, uh, unfortunately, poor Maria and poor Kiki got kind of stuck with the temperature issue. And then Brittany, of course, with her like store bought gingerbread cookie which is just kind of a disaster yeah um what did you think of chris's oregon trail mushroom creme yeah they clearly were weird out but actually and then i mean i i think i think it was um who was it who said yeah yeah it was it was interesting fancy toast yeah carrie carrie, carrie she uh she thought it was interesting i think they all gave those like questionable looks like what really a mushroom cream out i i don't i I don't know. I love mushrooms. I don't know how I'd feel in a sweet dish. I've never had that before, so I'd, I'd be curious to see what um, what that tasted like. Um, other other highlights is you know, Shoda did a smoked yo- whipped yogurt. Um, he, he clearly like he hasn't bricked at all. Like he hasn't even hit the rib on on any of these. No. So um, yeah, I think the highlight for me was seeing Avashar. Uh, not just the concept of the Buckeye bomb bum, but just give, giving giving this this week, it was really impressive to see him turn around um, after having you know stumbling out of the block early on. Um, so it's look, Sarah Sarah is a monster. So is so is Shoda. Um, Avishar is coming into his own, but Maria, Kiki, and Brittany just um, not a good showing for them. Yeah, it's always interesting which four chefs kind of get or three chefs got left out just because they just don't have enough time. So the two Gabe's um, and, and Nelson. By the way, okay, of the ten desserts, which do you order? Um, oh, I think Avishar's. I'm sorry. Like if I see that on a menu, a liquid mm. nitrogen frozen Buckeye bonbon, I'm like, oh, let's let's go. Yeah, no, it's I totally understand. What would you go with? Uh, well, uh, probably. And I get made fun of in this house for sort of liking like the like like in Eric's telling it's like, oh, yeah, Kevin's going to order the hibiscus ice with <laughs> with with herbs and sorrel, you know. And so I would probably go smoked yogurt with matcha and miso crumble. However, in my lowbrow dessert category, I do love a corner piece of brownie, a little burnt brownie. I do like that. So Jamie's uh, Jamie's burnt brownie. And also I'm kind of fascinated by the toasted rice mousse from dawn you know that that looked pretty good so um you know i think uh but i I probably go with uh good old shota just because i i kind of like that weirdo miso matcha crumble can can we talk about his laugh he's got a he's right up there with (laughs) brian voltaggio's laugh it's the most distinct like he's just he laughs at everything and it's just a very uh i think i think magical elves have picked up on it that he is just adorable with that thing so shota um, for someone who I think coming in, I didn't think he would, might have this kind of purse bubbly personality. Um, he is just, he's, he's electric. He's great. Yeah. Um, so then, then we have, we go on a food tour and it, it, it's really fun. And, 
Um, African food in, in, in particular is just, it is, it is so yummy. Uh, I, I got a chance to spend three weeks in Ghana. Um, I think 2000 was, oh my God, it's been like 14 years. And, um, you just have these beautiful, beautiful, deep, rich stews and sauces. And then you have kind of as your base and we, and we saw, you know, Kiki make some fufu. You have either like a fufu or banku or gari. It's basically like, I, I don't want to call it like a, like, African dumpling. It's usually made from like cassava dough or corn or yam. And it's like, you know, essentially a starchy ball or, 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 and then you, and what I love about African food is you use your hands, right? So you take a pinch of fufu or banku or, or gari and you dip it in the sauce. Um, I started cooking when I got home with red palm oil mm. when I got home from Africa. It's got this really nice high smoke point. It's kind of like an earthy taste. And, and it's great because you can use red palm oil with any kind of food. And it has that immediate kind of African flavor when you do it. Um, it was also so much fun to watch um, Gregory introduce the chefs to um, Haitian cuisine, like like introducing griot. And obviously he is Mr. Pickley. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pickley's like, and, if you haven't and, had it before, I mean, um, they, every time he put Pickley's on a dish in his last season, it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, so one of the interesting things about Griot, which he introduced is it's, it's kind of, a, it's a pork dish with Pickley's and the New York Times cooking section, which I love, by the way, like the New York Times recipe vault is I mean you can it's it, these are accessible recipes anybody can do them but they're delicious but one of my favorite things to do in a New York Times recipe is to read the comments because like in under griot there was this like polite debate that got a little bit testy at times like Haitian commenters saying I'm sorry griot is always fried not baked in the oven and um it, it's just like one of the fun things to do is to is to read the new york times recipe comments when you have sort of the well actually crap yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just uh, it's sort of like reading trip advisor bad reviews like i i just i think that's kind of fun so um, or like yelp um but anyway it was, it was just a really fun food tour um hello listener guess who's back it's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. ButcherBox takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal, 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like so many fun flavors. It is true. Like, like just the amalgamation of, of African tastes um, in cultures and food cultures all around the world. It's just, it's, it's fun eating. It was a big red flag here that Brittany could not handle the spice of the red stew. And it's one thing, like, it's one thing if you aren't drinking alcohol and you're, you don't want to drink alcohol for these dishes or taste it. But it's another to just, like, just shy away from using spice. And that's my worry is with Brittany where it's, like, she she was sitting down at Akati and she was just, like, oh, my God, the spice. That is really spicy. And meanwhile, everyone else just seems to be having a pleasant time. And that was, like, to me, it was, like, uh-oh big red flag here is in a dish that or in a competition that requires you to put lots of seasoning make sure everything's got flavor i just i just kind of this was a premonition that that she was not gonna uh excel in this particular competition but man gabriel you know i think it was an important moment to see gabriel say i was i'm embarrassed as a portland chef that i've never eaten here before um and it kind of reminded me of last season in la all-star season how they they went down what was the is it was a figura what was the what was the street figura what was the street that um pico Pico. right they just decided to hit jonathan gold yeah beach to downtown yeah Yeah, it was kind of like that where they decided to bring uh the chefs to downtown restaurants that probably aren't getting michelin star ratings but they might be just as good tasting so this was a um this was really cool and so they went to akati which is the uh, west african cuisine then yad which is jamaican and uh, i didn't catch the food was it a food truck the the guyanese um food yeah i think it was guyanese yeah i think it was a truck Yeah. yeah Um, by the way, uh, God bless food trucks in Portland. I hope we'll see a little, a few more of them. I mean, it's now kind of par for the course that every major city has a ton of food trucks. But Portland, I think, pretty much popularized this nationally. And there are so many fun ones, and they've been doing it a long time. And it was just – and also, it's just a way for chefs to – you know, who would can't afford to, to, to get a commercial space. Um, it's just such – it's been one of the great trends – of the last 15 years for that reason, not because it's cute or, uh, you know, or novelty or almost a, a, a sort of staple of hipster life. It's more just people who wouldn't otherwise 
be able to afford to cook can cook and serve their food to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was important to see also Kiki, how emotional she was when she was hearing the story and, and having sitting down at the table with Gregory and understanding that, um, you know, for, for a lot of chefs, uh, like Kiki, where it was like, I don't, I, I grew up people not wanting or thinking our food was good or important or relevant. And I think it is great to see, um, Kwame and, and Gregory going to these places. And I, my, my favorite moment of the night was when Kwame said, you know, I asked people, have you ever had West African cuisine? And they say, no. And he says, yes, you have. And that was really cool. Right. No, no, it was cool. It, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's really fun to eat. Now I, I will say this, and we've talked about this on the show before. I feel for Brittany in this way. At a certain point in my life, as you know, I stopped tolerating really spicy food. In fact, I, I think it's at this point a full-on allergy. I was putting together my salmon rub the other night, which I like to do when I do the grill. It's like chili powder and dried mustard and a little cocoa and a little cinnamon and a lot of cumin. And just by having the chili powder out, my scalp started to sweat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fifty. It's sixty-one degrees in Los Angeles, and my and I didn't even taste anything. And so, those of us, some of us, like with my Eastern European stomach, something has happened. And <laughs> spice. It's not a question of ooh, I don't like it or I'm not curious. Like the truth is, I love spicy food. It does not like me. And I think it is tough for some people. I mean, it is. It's not a taste thing or a curiosity thing. It is a bodily. And look, nobody knows more about this than you do, man. You popularized <laughs> a national trend with your, you know, eating, uh, with your hot pepper challenge for fun. Look, there's a reason it's a challenge, right? And not everybody has is constitutionally equipped to deal with that, um, just biologically. And so I do have some sympathy for for Brittany. Like, it, like if you're not well conditioned in spicy food, it is tough. Let, let um, me ask you this, because I think for I think for Brittany, I agree with you is that um, because her body does not agree or her her senses do not agree to spicy food, and there was that that little exchange there where she said, you know, I don't like spicy food or I can't handle spicy food, and they said, well, you can handle flavor, right? Um, there's that, okay, yeah. but then. I want to talk to you about Chris's decision to make Haitian food without having made Haitian food before. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think a little bit is too much is made of this. Oh, I've never made it before. Like there are spice profiles. I mean, there are braises like there are ways if you've never made Haitian food before to honor the challenge. Like I, I thought a little bit too much was placed on I don't know how to do this yes you're obviously at an advantage if you've cooked with these flavors if you've cooked with these techniques um if you're if you're someone who's made a griot but the idea because I mean look we, we saw Shota do it right like a clove allspice sauce brilliant right like you're able to do the challenge Sarah basically makes a congee a Chinese dish you know, with pork floss and everything, but gives it a jerk spice gravy and pick leaves, right? Like, it's not all that hard to do this. Um, you don't have to be grounded in that. Like, you know the spices. There's so many distinct ones. You make a roti. Every culture has its roti. Yes, you know, roti from Trinidad is going to be a, a specific thing, but you can interpret it. I, I just, too much was made of that. It's a cop-out. Like, you know, you can marinate your protein in a you know, it, 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 you know, even like Gabriel's red stew braised lamb shoulder. Right. Okay. 
He he screwed up the the, the mashed potatoes, but they love the lamb. I mean, it seems like they really liked the braised lamb. Um, it was just the other accompaniments. By the way. What is more 90s than like designer mashed potatoes? <laughs> I know. I cringed when I heard like that. Like 80s, yeah. really. Like I was kind of – because he's been a really creative chef thus far and I was just like, really? Yeah. The uh, goat che- – was it goat cheese and olive oil mash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was the dish that Richard Blaze was like, I'm going to say what everyone wants to say. This dish is too white. Um <laughs> it was like Gabe I'm worried for Gabriel um not so much Gabe Gabe I think is is uh really great um I think he he is also one of those chefs that he he just knows what he's doing he's got a great understanding of flavor um he's someone that I think when when all said and done I think he's kind of like Kevin Gillespie in in this all-star season where he's just hanging around. Mm-hmm. He's not going to, he's not going to brick any shots. And then man, he's going to be a problem. Like in a couple of weeks, I think he's just going to blossom. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think he's, you know, a really strong, you know, he has that combines technical acuity with just sort of soul and, and, and holiness. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really, you know, ex- I think Kevin is a perfect comp there. Um, by the way, Maria in the middle. Maria in the middle. Maria is Ms. Middle, and she doesn't brick very often. I mean, I know her her dessert in the in the quick fire kind of was a clunker just because of more. It seems more just because of the sheer size of it than anything else. Um, uh, Nelson is interesting too, Tom, because he's clearly a good chef. But I agree. Like even before they even said it, I'm like, oh look, it's a protein, you know, with a specific kind of sauce. Uh, yucca or plantains, you know, it, there is kind of a, a sameness to his plates. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of, you know, out of comfort zone. He's kind of doing the same variation of the, of the, or different variation of the same dish. Right. right. And I think you can stay true to your home or your, your, your main influence here with Shota. You can, you can absolutely see that you can be true to his Japanese techniques, but lend it every dish to the competition, right? The, the, the challenge. And I'm not seeing that from, from Nelson, the creativity of like, I'm going to do this. And he says, I'm going to do it with a twist, but there really wasn't that twist there. Right. And, and I think, yeah, so that, that's something to watch. Um, you know, Byron all of a sudden is, is, is cooking good food. You know, I think both of us were wholly unimpressed with him in the, in the, in the first episode, he was way down. He was kind of bottom of the barrel in terms of draft, but, you know, the red stew marinated snapper they love. They they like the cod cake a lot, which is such a kind of a classic accompaniment um, in, in a lot of Caribbean food. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, talk about hanging around. Like, I, I don't see a lot of clunkers here. And, and um, Avishar, you know, I mean, he looked like a mess in the first episode. You, we kind of both sensed that uh, he rode the coattails of Shoda mm-hmm. in episode two. Not the case. It, I mean, honestly, there were so many. It seemed like there were so many dishes that could have been placed in the top three. I mean, the, the, the judges were effusive about most of the things that landed on the table. Abishar shrimp and grits gave it a little Bengali eggplant. Escabiche, kind of a little bit of his 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 story. Taro. Um, and... I, like he all of a sudden is not looking bottom of the barrel. So, um, but let, let's talk about holy Dawn for a cow! Because I, what a dish! Because yeah. you know, I, I think there was a red flag early on for both of us that time management is a key part of this game, and it doesn't matter how good you are. But you know, I saw it in the quick fire, like that 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 sort of that 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 rice 
toasted rice mousse. Really creative decision. She comes back. You know, on one hand, braised goat is pretty pro forma. You know, you could argue, oh, that doesn't demonstrate the most creativity. But just like last week with the ribs, I mean, this is a chef who just executes. Like, provided it gets on the plate, there is not, she hasn't made a bad component in three weeks, right? It's just two of them happen to be missing in, in consecutive weeks. But the crispy roti, the goat, the green pepper sauce puree, Tom, that looked like something for you, man. Look, I don't even like green pepper. I like if I get um if I get like a I don't think it was like green pepper like I bell know, pepper. I think it's more like that that spicy green pepper you get as an as a as a condiment and and uh Caribbean Right, that was my fear was that it would be like a bell pepper, a green bell pepper I think is one of the worst uh flavor profiles of all the veggies you can oh, get. I, you and me oh, both. I just yeah. I I it it does not work. Um so when I saw that I was like, "Ooh, I don't know." And then everybody just wanted gallons of that thing. And I love that I love that moment on Top Chef when when the when they're like, yeah, so what? How do you think you you did uh you did on this challenge? And they're very you know humble and they're like, yeah, I really think um, I executed well. And then they just you see the judges explode like that fucking pepper sauce. I want to get I want the recipe and and you just kind of see this like relief, just like emote uh like really just all these these chefs when they hear the top the judges just. Uh, love their dish. It's just a cool moment of they're not sure what to say. Like, should I say I really felt good about it or should I say I, I could have done better? Do the Sarah route. And man, Richard Blaze, uh, Colicchio, all the all the judges just seem to just absolutely love this dish. Yeah, I also want to talk about, uh, and that was the winning dish. I want to talk about Jamie because I, I think she's someone who also didn't impress us in the draft and all of a sudden is making really good food. And, and she did such a, she did something really smart um, in terms of kind of melding her tradition with, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the competition request, which is to, you know, uh, pull from the African diaspora. She does her crispy Vietnamese snapper, right? Like it, it's a dish that's delicious. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a classic. She executes the protein, but what she does with the couscous is smart. A starch is a place where you can really highlight spices on a blank canvas, right? So, you know, there's not a hell of a lot that is, you know, sort of African-inspired about the snapper. However, with the couscous, she just blends these the spices that pay homage to the challenge. And you can do it easily because the spices will shine in a rice, in a couscous. Those are, by definition, those grains are pretty just that's blank canvas and so she can maintain the essential vietnamese quality of the dish and at the same time pay homage to the couscous so it was just it was a beautiful way to say hey i want to stay in my comfort zone this is the kind of food i want to make but i also need to pay homage and need to do it fairly because you know like what is one of the top critiques at the judges table on any challenges you didn't really honor the challenge i didn't the the flavors didn't the, the african flavors didn't shine through right she was able to have her cake and eat it too um whether that was intentional or not i don't know but it was a perfect – it got her on the top, and, and that's really impressive. With a protein that was essentially out of Vietnam, uh, she was able to essentially get second or yeah, third. Yeah, you know what? Well, one of the coolest moments from this episode was when you saw the Akati, uh, the woman, just get downright giddy when she saw the couscous on the plate. She's like, this is this is the couscous that I made for her earlier today, and right. Jamie just nailed it. And I was a little nervous about that dish. Um 
uh, I, I don't know if it was presentation, but I was just, I, you know, it didn't, it, it, it didn't seem super creative. And so I was wondering if, if the chefs would enjoy the, the, like how true the concept was for, to her and she did an amazing job. And again, there's a lot of malarkey potential here where you, you might laugh at her because of her, her mannerisms um, or her noises, I should say, but she is just, she is really talented. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I guess it should be no surprise that restaurant in Vegas, you, neither of us have been there, but people love it and it's nowhere near downtown. Um, it has gotten a ton of attention. It is smart, affordable, homey cooking that pulls from Vietnamese tradition, but is a crowd pleaser for everybody. And, you know, all of a sudden she's cooking really well. And, um, again, you know, it's interesting how much prejudice we come out of episode one, right? Yeah. Like we really do a lot of evaluation to say nothing of the fact that it's essentially their preseason, Tom. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, 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 it's not a surprise that just because things aren't executed in episode one, that somehow these chefs should be written off because it just doesn't play that way. Uh, in any competition, like why would you ever judge a team on game one? First impressions are super powerful. Uh, the first impression fallacy is super hard to, to get rid of. Um, and it's all we really had. We had their bios and we had one episode, one 45 minutes of, of evaluation to go work, to work off of. So yep. that's why a lot of the winners of our top chef uh, or pack your knives draft is in the middle of the draft. You know whether it's Joe Flam or whether it's Melissa. These are people. These are people who we didn't see as like juggernauts after after week one. So, uh, but man, Shota is is killing it. Um, I want to spend just a little more time on Brittany here. Just last last yeah. remarks here on on Brittany is. Um, I I wonder, I wonder her confidence level in her cooking pre-show and then how it kind of manifested there at the judges table because it seemed like she melted down and lost a lot of confidence there do you think that's like something that she had been feeling before she went on top chef or do you think she she just buckled in the in in front of the judges table just like losing herself a little bit no i i think it's it my interpretation was the previous week the lo- the big loss with with sasha through her mm. for a loop. I mean, there was nothing in that kitchen that suggested they lacked confidence. I mean, they really thought they were doing a great job. They were doing their things. Um, these are things they've done before. Uh, again, this is a this is a mid Atlantic semifinalist for best chef is no is <laughs> yeah. no slouch. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is you know, I always one of the things I always say is, if you nail your protein, you're okay. She actually nailed her protein. I mean, they like the pickled mackerel. The counterfactual is if she doesn't, you know sort of cut that sauce with coconut milk. Yeah. Is she, are we having this conversation? And, and I think that's the big question. Um, I thought, I thought again, her, I, I thought Kiki was going home, honestly, um, given, given her fufu wasn't cooked well. And that was such a, such a main part of her dish. I thought she was going to go home. I was a little bit surprised that Brittany went home. And I think maybe part of it was just her, her confessionals. Oh, I see. I thought Chris was, going to go home I, it seemed like okay the, the the main element of kiki's dish which was the saka saka um the stew was a winner and and so it was one of those you know because i thought it was a case where oh well at least her stew is good oh at least britney's mackerel was good they didn't seem to like anything on chris's uh 
played. I'm worried about Chris. I had, I'll be honest with you, Tom, little confession. I had Chris very high up on my draft board. I had Chris very high up on my draft board. I thought, okay. And, and what's worrying me about this week is I was like, all right, this guy is a good technical chef. You know, might be some questionable choices. Oh, do you want mushrooms in a, in a dessert? But I thought he would execute. And he didn't. He just, didn't. And he hasn't. Like, just um, straight up burnt I mean, the plantains. Uh, yep. Right. And, and so, and that was the whole thing I've never cooked uh, Haitian before. It's just, I mean, anyone can cook plantains. And, but I think, and by the way, it looked like a very nicely assembled or, or conceived dish, right? Like an piece marinated snapper. Okay. You pay homage um, to the spice, um, pickles, a mushroom bean puree, uh, you know, or, or, now apparently the Chris who Weiss rice cake wasn't executed well the plantains weren't executed well so that's what's worrying me about chris because i had him fairly high up he seemed to me to exude a competence that said all right this guy's gonna be around for eight weeks yeah i would say if we did a redraft tonight um i don't think chris is going very high and i think for me um britney goes home um and we have a really exciting last chance kitchen. Now, just a heads up for our listeners, we this season are going to do our best to get these out as soon as the episode drops, which means we watch this episode uh, pre-air and we don't get to see Last Chance Kitchen. So what we know is that Brittany goes home, she's going to go to Last Chance Kitchen to face um, Sasha, which will be emotional for those two uh, going head to head. But we'll recap that on the next episode. Um, and Brittany... Look, Brittany, uh, I, I'm curious to see how she does here um, in, in Last Chance Kitchen. Uh, I would like to see some redemption here for her because, I mean, her accolades, her her credentials are second to none in this competition. So I want to see I want to see how she does. I'm very curious. But in terms of my team, Kevin, um, I'm feeling best about Gabe. Feeling really good about him, uh, feeling really good about Jamie. I think Byron and Maria are just diamonds in the rough right now. I feel like they're sleeper picks here. Uh, but your your pickup for Dawn, she gets ten points for you with the win. Um, I lose five points from Brittany. Maria stays in the middle. Kiki in the bottom. She gets zero points. So that trade, Dawn and Kiki, for Maria and Brittany, nets me. Uh, minus three this week and plus 10 for you. So a differential of 13 points, a 13 point swing in week one of a trade. Oh, it's a long season, but still that one really hurt Kevin. Yeah, Tom, I, I just got to be honest with you. I'm tired. Of losing. <laughs> I'm tired of losing uh, three straight seasons. Our first three seasons of, of pack your knives. I've gotten my butt whooped. I think actually one year it was very close. But, yes. Um, yes. You know, I, I'm just tired of losing, and I meant business this time. I, I'm not screwing around. I, I'm just, I'm, I, I hate losing. So uh, this pleases me. I love Dawn's cooking. It seems like the time management issues have been solved. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think uh, Maria is definitely a mystery guest. Maria in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's cool, and, and I, I agree with you. you know, I, I really am impressed with Gabe. I think you have a great great pick there but at any rate any closing thoughts yeah the score is 50 to 37 after two weeks um of pack your knives fantasy kevin you have 50 i have 37 it's gonna be close um here in week three i'm excited um you know we we have I, i i will say i really like that we have the top chef alumni just every week um 
I got to say, Amar, I love him. He's amazing. I think he's great. He's so fun. And I just like watching him eat the food and how his reactions are so good. Um, I just, I I really love this element that the Top Chef alumni are there every week. And and just kind of the, the fact that like Kwame and, and, and Gregory were able to partake in that and be like their Sherpas along the, along this uh, journey. It was just, it was really cool. I really, I really love this element of this season of Top Chef and, and they're making the best of a really difficult situation and just hats off to, to Magical Elves and the Top Chef crew. Yeah, I like a man who licks a plate. <laughs> I like a man who licks a plate. <laughs> yeah. um, man after my own heart. Um, for Tom Haberstroh, this is Kevin Ornovitz and this is Pack Your Knives. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.